Sound like the usual mindless, boring, getting to know you chit chat. Welcome into the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. I am your host, Fred Davis, Power Chat Edition. You know what that means. We're going to get you out of here in 10 minutes or less. And this week, a oldie but goodie, a rewind, if you will, our interview with Paula Gold Williams. President and CEO of CPS Energy from our interview back in 2020, talking all things CPS Energy, the Flexible Path program that she came up with, her and her team, and of course a funny little story about how the name for the program came about. She'll also share with us the values and the trials and tribulations that her parents went through way back when that certainly serves as kind of a guide for her life, as well as we asked her what is in store for Paula Gold Williams in 2021 and beyond. It was an interview you did not want to miss, and we've got a little excerpt of it here. So without further ado, Please enjoy this week's Power Chat with CPS Energy's CEO and President, Miss Paula Gold-Williams. The flexible path is also very straightforward. It was designed to be flexible. It's not, you know, people used to call it the flexible plan. Yeah. Because people want it to be a plan and they want it to be a declaration and they want it to be an aspiration. And what it really is, it's a different way of thinking that actually opens us up to actually embrace Mm -hmm. change, embrace disruption, look for it. Don't sit here and think that you know all the solutions. But I will say being a utility, we have not only the privilege to serve a community, we have the obligation. We have to figure it out. And what's really happening in the industry is we have in, in fact embraced it. Our city created the Climate Action and Adaptation Plan, which basically has been aligned, aligned to the Paris Agreement, and our board endorsed that. And But what they told management to do is do that through the prism of the flexible path. On top of that, there are primary pillars that we balance. So it's customer affordability, reliability, resilience, safety, security, and environmental responsibility. And no one pillar can drive you to your success. And even though we know increasingly the environment is is more and more important every day, if you do it wrong and cause bill shock, you put a bad taste in people's mouth. If you do it wrong and you don't balance your solutions around the technologies, all of the benefits of those technologies and guard against some of the challenges with them, then you can cause reliability issues. And so for us, we take all the criticism and we we hear that, you know, people want us to make a decision. We closed two coal units in 2018 and they're saying close the other two. Well, we will close them, but we've got to do it in terms of partnering with people, being open to the technology and finding the right way to take these units and transition them and blend them out so we can blend in, you know, new solutions that work. But again, I understand the passion that people have and we accept that. We accept that we have an accountability to try to figure it out. And we'll sit down, though, and talk to everyone and tell them about the challenges that we have and making that balance. But we also want people to remember the good things that we're doing. I mean, we we were into wind 20 years ago when nobody really thought a utility, particularly municipal, should be in it. We've been in solar and we did one of the biggest RFPs in the United States. We did a global RFP in 2012. We have an award-winning energy efficiency and conservation program, and we're about to launch this very uh, 
meaningful uh, exploration and trying to bring in a large amount of solar into the state of Texas. I eventually named it the flexible path. And that's what happens when you have an accountant naming marketing. Not very, it's not very, you know, amazing. It's just pretty straightforward. But I was talking to them about it. And we do forecasting and planning out for 25 years. And what was happening is my team was saying, oh, golly, we, we're going to, you know, create, you know, build this fossil plant. And if we could build them bigger, that'll be more efficient. That's what you learned in this industry. Yeah. Build it. And because the economies of scale mattered. And I finally said, you know what? I'm going to tell you, here's, here's a constraint you have now when you model. We won't build one more thing. We won't build one more thing. We're going to assume the market can supply and that our job changes and we're better at partnering and we're better at brokering. You know, heads blew off. <laughs> heads blew off. But the point was to let go and to stop being stuck and to stop trying to, to just use one magic recipe or one magic, you know, approach and again, um, look at the goodness that happens all over the globe and, all, and oftentimes in your own backyard. Never, ever. Some people look at me now and they, they point and they think, um, they think I'm somebody else because I'm CEO. And you know, really and truly, I was born here in San Antonio on the east side of town. My parents were very humble people. They did not have the benefits of extensive education. My mother was painful for her, but but I'm actually proud of her because she had a, a third grade education, married early in life, and, and life just really wasn't gonna give her the benefits. And uh, she went and got her GED, and she was, she was the most amazing, talk about numbers, right? The most amazing cashier. She taught me about numbers in her own way. And, and again, my father went uh, to high school, he graduated from high school, but he went in the military to help, you know, take care of his family. And his brothers and sisters were able to go to college, he was not. So my parents were sacrificers and my parents were humble and they had, ex you know, experienced a lot of racism in their life. So much so that even, even uh, you know, in later years in my mom's life after my dad passed away, if I took her to a restaurant in San Antonio, she would worry if she saw no more black people. And so racism had a huge imprint in her life and the reality of how she thought. When they raised me, I was the only one of, of four kids that went, you know, you know, went to college. And even at that, they were kind of like, well, Paula, try, try your best, but just be a good person. Try your best. <laughs> right. Don't go to jail because <laughs> they, they they would tell me we can't help you if you go to jail. Okay. <laughs> and, That's good advice, and, though. And it was great advice. I mean, I stayed out of trouble, and all they told me to do is just be a good person. And they they would tell me to treat people right because there were a lot of instances where they weren't treated right. And so, really and truly, I you know I, I've been in different professions. I'm an accountant. I'm a CPA. I was in the theater operations business, the cable business, the food service business. And my career was cobbled together by just taking on a lot of things that other people didn't want and learning how to value folks and building trust. I am absolutely excited about this industry and what we're doing here. And what really motivates me is 3,100 people who, many of whom have been with us for decades. They're just so amazing. I, you know, like people will tell me stories about how their their power was out, and then our, 
your IBW employees on our skilled craft side or our NAEP employees on our gas solution side, they come in in the middle of the night. What I feel are big S's on their chest and they restore power and balance in life and they do it and, and then they're gone. You don't even know that they were there. They motivate me to serve them and to think about it all the time about serving others, serving a community that needs reliable, affordable, resilient, safe, secure, and environmentally responsible power. And so I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing. The, the fights don't inspire me, but I still believe again that the, the push, pull, the tough conversations can still make us better. And again, knowing that we are doing a lot of good and that we are in fact attracting people who want to make change and, and people who are great partners and people who have lots to offer. I'm just inspired by that. So I feel very, very fortunate. I, I never thought I got to do what I'm doing and I'm doing it and it's great. I will tell you for sure, I have no political aspirations, like none, <laughs> never gonna happen. Thank you so much for that, Miss Paula Gold-Williams. You can catch the entire episode over at our website, www.erenew.net. And of course, you can catch all of Green Insider Podcasts, both Power Chats and the regular episodes over at Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Don't miss this week's episode as well. We had Jeff Marola, Executive Vice President and Co-Founder of Intelometry. A lot of good stuff about the energy software game that a lot of folks don't know about. And we're very excited, of course, next week. We've got Mr. Manish Sagar from RS Metrics talking about satellite data and how that plays into renewable energy and of course follow us on linkedin follow us on twitter at the freddie d at mike underscore neemer at erenew 2020 as well thanks for listening this has been the green insider podcast powered by erenewable we make going green easier